Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Eight o'clock hour on your home of the World Series champs. This is Sean RJ and Bobby on DFW Sports Station. J.J. Redick destroying Bobby's favorite NBA coach. That's yeah, coming buddy. up at, 10, at uh, 820, 8.40 below the belt. Newest Maverick, P.J. Washington, at 9. But let's talk about the nastiest players in the sport. So this was a uh, this is a pretty cool article by David Adler over at MLB.com, and it was identifying, he said, now that we're here to spring training, you know, pitchers and catchers report, and then you get full-team workouts. He said, let's take a look at who has the nastiest pitch on every team entering 2024. And then here are their picks for them. They they go through every team. But let's jump down to the Rangers first. I felt like this was a slam dunk. When I read the, the headline from the article and I clicked on it, I was like, I already know what the Rangers pitch is. Anybody want to take a guess at what the, the Rangers pitch was? I that read was the it. Nastiest, the choppy, nastiest, nastiest pitch. Nastiest pitch on the Rangers staff. Um, it, it, Jake DeGrom's fastball. It is the Nathan Evaldi splitter. Which that's the one that when they last year at the All Star Game they asked uh, catchers and a bunch of different pitchers and stuff like that. MLB went around and asked each of them for a social media video. Who has the nastiest pitch in baseball? What's the nastiest pitch you've ever seen? And there were like three different guys that answered and said Evaldi splitter. That they were like wow. you can't touch it. It's just too difficult. And so uh, the quick write up here says the ace of the World Series champions pitching staff used his splitter to get the biggest outs of the 2023 season. Of all these 16 splitter strikeouts and 42 splitter whiffs in the postseason were the most by any pitcher on any pitch type in October. And I went back and I looked. Uh, I went to Baseball Savant and I was just curious. Okay, how how effective has that been? Because I know we all see it and we see how good it's been. But what do the numbers actually say on it? So over the last five seasons, 2019 on, opponents are hitting 190 against his splitter. They have a 298 slugging with percentage of 37%. And that's that's way at the top of best splitters in baseball. Like if you look at guys who throw it a bunch, nobody's quite as dominant as Evaldi is with that pitch. So that has been the number one. The honorable mention was one I was not expecting. I didn't know what direction they were going to go with this if they included DeGrom because of the injury and some of the other stuff. Uh, but the honorable mention was Josh Spores' four-seam uh, fastball, which that was not one really? that stood out to me as, like, the best one. But you go and look at the peripheral statistics on Josh Spores, and his fastball is one of the top ones coming out of a bullpen in Major League Baseball. It's got, uh, it's got velo on it. It does. Here are a couple ones to to make you potentially feel a little sick. There you go, Peyton. Maybe uh, that Josh Spores autograph that you got just went up in value from FanFest. Oh, well. <laughs> the Houston Astros 
top pitch on their staff is one they just acquired and one that RJ Choppy didn't want to acquire. Hater. Josh Hader's sinker. Says Hader throws his fastball nearly three quarters of the time and Hader still can't touch it. No reliever has more fastball strikeouts than Hader's 454 since he came into the league in 2017. And then just to stick it to you a little more, the honorable mention is Ryan Presley's curveball. So you get to the final couple innings of the Astros bullpen, and that's when you're going to see their nastiest stuff, according to MLB.com. They, they're back into their bullpens filthy. It, it is. I mean, you better have a lead on them after six. Uh, the way way it is right now, if they're going to be healthy and you want a chance to win, unless you have Adolis Garcia, that's right? Yeah, in your face. A lot of a lot of people wanted the Rangers at the deadline last year to go get Dylan Cease. He is the top one for the White Sox. His slider, uh, but the one that's going to hurt the most on this list, the one that'll make you physically ill, comes from the AL Central. The top pitch mm. on the Kansas City Royals staff Cole Reagan's. is Cole Reagan's fastball. It says the South the Southpaw's breakout run in Kansas City was driven by his fastball, which I had no idea it had done this. It jumped over four miles per hour from 2022 with the Rangers from a 92.1 mile per hour fastball to 2023 with the Royals when he was throwing it at 96.7 and maxed out at 101. Man, did we see like I never saw Reagan's as a 101 fastball guy. How? How the one prospect that developed is not in the organization. And as soon as he leaves. Literally the day he left. As he was like, soon oh, as he leaves. You're, you're the starting rotation. There, go ahead. Go ahead. And, and the comparison's been made a lot. He He's talked about who he models his game after, and it's really easy to see it in his mechanics. There's been comparisons of it. The Cole Hamels thing. But it's like, it's bizarre how he goes from this guy just like, yeah, he's never going to put it together. So he gets to the Royals, and then it's like, oh, he's Cole Hamels with maybe a little more heat on his fastball. It's just like, oh gosh! But those are those are the ones that maybe hurt a little that. bit more. I love that type of stuff. Who's got the nastiest stuff with the different pitches? I'll tell you who's nasty though, is Justin Turner. He is furious. Thank ass. Rightfully so. I think I think this has become a problem. We've talked about this recently. You, you remember Chop when we were? You had mm. read an article I think heading into MLB free agency from ESPN that said, like, hey, you're not going to have the same issues this year with guys signing super late. This isn't going to be an issue any longer. Guys are going to move pretty quick. Maybe they'll wait for Otani, but overall, this isn't. You're not going to have anything obnoxious. Well, Justin Turner was a victim of that this year. Now, Justin Turner's obviously older now, uh, but he found a new home, landed uh, with the Toronto Blue Jays on January 30th, and he showed up to Blue Jays camp for the first squad workout on Tuesday, and they asked him about this signing a week into training camp, and he says it's just frustrating. It's frustrating, obviously, for the guys in the free agency class. It's frustrating for a lot of teams around the league trying to figure out where some of these guys are going to go. It's kind of a little bit of a black eye on baseball. You have all these guys that are all-star, Cy Young, batting title, rookie of the year guys on the free agent market, and they're having a hard time finding a job. I don't think it's a good look. Who does this fall on, though? Like, to me, this does fall on the team. A lot of people are starting to talk about this now, and owners. Yeah. They're starting to call out owners for all these guys unsigned they are and and look aj Przinski. i thought he caught a little attitude with us i know that's shocking from aj but what you know when we were like why are all these guys on the side he's like dude they just haven't gotten good enough deals and now i think he went on a rant on his instagram page talking about this is a problem now he did and it is a problem um now listen is part of the problem the cba yeah so just take like a team like the dodgers for example or like i know like there's blake Snell still out there right and i saw a story that you know the yankees might still be interested in signing him well, they're in like the third or fourth straight year of being a luxury tax payer. So if they sign Blake Snell to a $30 million deal, they owe him $30 million, And then they owe $33 million to luxury tax. 
So they would have to pay him $63 million just to pitch for him. Yeah. For that one year. That is, like, you're not going to do that, right? Now, the Rangers are close to the the tax threshold. Mm-hmm. So they would go over it if they were to sign him or Montgomery. But it wouldn't be nearly as penal <laughs> uh, as, say, a team like the Dodgers or the Yankees or it's in it every year. But, but that, that's part of it is that teams this late don't want to do that. Doesn't it feel a little bit like when this happens, though, and you have so many guys on the market, doesn't it feel a little like collusion, though? Absolutely. Like, like that there's almost some unspoken agreement across the league of, like, let's make these guys wait, sweat it out. Because you, you talked about this, Chop, when we were talking about the Jordan Montgomery thing, is that you said when you get to, to spring training, once spring training starts, if you're not on a team, a lot of teams are just like, oh, oh, well. I have always been wrong about this in sports in terms of, like, uh, the rush to get someone signed. I've always been like, why is everyone sitting back and waiting? Like, go, let me try to go get the deal. Let me try to go get the steal. Let yeah. me do it. And I've always been wrong because teams magically all seem to all know what's going on and mm-hmm. sit back and wait and let someone sweat it out. I'm yeah. like, make an offer. Hurry up. Get yeah. on the phone. When a free agent gets cut or a big name is out there, I'm like, hurry, hurry, go, go, go. And I've always been wrong about like being too impatient. I, I think at this point of the year, you could absolutely get Montgomery or Blake Snell on a very short, maybe a one-year deal. Now, Blake Snell wants $30 million a year. Hey, maybe say, hey, look, we'll give you a one-year deal. We're at 38. Come on in. Let's go. Get in camp. Because, um, I mean, is he gonna, is he still hanging on to his 9 for 270 that he wants? You know, what's Jordan Montgomery? If, if you told Jordan Montgomery today, hey, man, we'll give you a one-year $30 million deal. Come on back. Like, is he going to say no to that? Like, he doesn't have a job. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, when it happens in other sports, when we get Jadavion Clowney, it feels like every year into yeah. August not being signed, everybody always makes a big deal of like, oh my gosh, look at Clowney over here. It's troubling that this has become a trend for MLB where it's like there's like maybe five Clownies out there every year when spring training starts. And it feels very much like they have decided, this is just my own read on, they've decided, Blake Snell, we're not paying you this. As a league, we're not going to do yeah. it. And so if you're going to be hardline, we're going to be hard asses about this, and we're just going to say, nope, we're going to freeze you yeah. out, and you're going to have to take what we want. And I don't know what the fix is, but, like, Manfred, commissioner's office has to get involved at, with something. There's got to be some sort of guidelines, some sort of pressure put on these teams to sign talent. You're, this is just... Yeah, you, this is... this is the, You're in a situation, though, where, like, if... if let's you took You said clowny. As long as he's in shape, right, working out, he could really be ready to go almost immediately. He's yeah. turnkey. Look at Chris Jones. Yeah. Uh, Blake Snell. You know, look, whoever organization he's going to go to, they have their own programs, their own philosophies on pitching. They're going to have their own throwing programs that he's going to want to go through. Now, he could keep himself in, sh- himself in shape, but, you know, how many times can you throw to North Lake Community College uh, before, you know, and, and say, hey, look, I'm ready to go, man. I'll be ready to go tomorrow. No, you're not ready to go to Major League Game tomorrow. Maybe they have to. I don't know what the salary floor rules currently are, but as far as I know, there are none. Maybe you have to hit your set. Well, get a salary floor, right? We have this in different leagues. You have to spend a certain amount, and then in baseball, in order to fix this, you have to meet the salary floor by a certain date. Here's here's the salary floor situation, right? This is why they need one. The A's have a payroll of seventy nine million. Okay, the A's have a seventy million dollar TV deal with their local TV market. Now the Rangers get a little bit over 100 million. So the A's get that 70 million and they get 90 million you know every team gets 90 million bucks for their broadcast deals with like Fox, ESPN, TBS, Peacock. And that's split evenly among the 30 teams. <laughs> and then oh. 
Then they get revenue sharing. <laughs> the A's get revenue sharing for Major League Baseball, which some have it as much as $200 million a year. Uh, some have it as $100 million, so I don't know why the discrepancy. But we are talking, when you combine the two between their own TV deal and the, 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 the MLB TV deal, and then the revenue sharing, the A's are getting $200 million plus dollars per year. And they're only spending 79 on payroll. So is, that, so is Fisher just taking the rest of that money? And that's before they sell a ticket, a sign, a beer, anything. These are Justin Turner signs there, gets his money. These are some of the names that are out there right now. We all know Snell, obviously, reigning Cy Young Award winner on the market. Let's see if we can build a starting nine with who's out there. <laughs> yes. So. Jordan Montgomery is out there, postseason star. Michael Lorenzen, who made the All-Star game last year, is out there. Cody Bellinger, who was a silver slugger last year. Matt Chapman, who won a gold glove last year. These guys are all unsigned right now. And then they say there are other accomplished players that are out there. Not the the star type like those guys, but there are other guys. There's Michael Taylor, Adam Duvall, Brandon Belt, Robbie Grossman, Joey Votto. Like, all these guys are still out there just waiting for something. And, and they're not all on the Blake Snell trajectory of just trying to gouge for as much as they can. So it just feels like teams are... I wonder how many of them are Boris guys. Sounds about white. It's a good question. Mm. I don't know if that applied there, Peyton. Don't know. <laughs> I, I appreciate the effort to try to pigeonhole something in. I tried. Yeah. He, he just lost his uh, standing as the, the baseball expert on the show because that didn't even make sense. <laughs> well, he was naming off players, and they all happen to be. And now we're. Oh. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, all right. He kind of cut back across the plate yeah, there. I saw. I he saw. might have <laughs> caught the, the corner with a slider. Uh, and now we're talking about expansion now. Yes, we are. Uh, Jeff Passan wrote about this, said that he, he had a really in depth article yesterday. Uh, talking about how Major League Baseball has basically started to accept the fact at executive levels that we're going to have expansion in the next 10 years. Like uh, sometime in the 2030s, we're going to expand. So the question started to become, okay, where are the expansion cities? Where could this go? Because I I know we've talked about it before, the idea of, hey, you got New York with multiple sports teams, you know, different markets that have multiple sports teams. Dallas is like the largest market that doesn't have multiple. So maybe, maybe you get a second Major League Baseball team over here. Maybe. Well, not according to the cities that are being considered for expansion, uh, talking to Jeff Passan. Jeff Passan said that when you talk to people around the league, there are two cities that stand out above everybody else because of the work that they've put together to have committees and invest time and lobby baseball. That's Nashville, that they would be one that would get, that would likely be there. And the other one that's interesting, Salt Lake City, Utah. Oh, really? That they believe that Salt Lake has apparently put together an entire committee and proposals and talked about what they could contribute to major league baseball a lot of different power players within the state are on board with it and not montreal now oh. you play sounds about white for the Salt yeah. Lake team there yeah. there you go for for that now one of the interesting things they list off a bunch of this they said montreal could be involved charlotte portland apparently portland has fallen off in recent months san jose but i'll get our started come on if you want to get a third team in the state of texas it's possible because they list as one of these cities that would be in contention for expansion would be Austin, Texas. Uh, it makes perfect sense. I mean, the we've talked about the Texas Triangle, which is, you know, Dallas-Fort Worth, down to Houston, over to San Antonio and up, and then Austin falls right in the middle of that. I mean, that, that there is nothing growing as fast as Austin. I mean, that place is just booming. J.J. Redick destroys Bobby's least favorite coach in the NBA, and what are the Mavs doing with these quiet ticket price increase for season ticket holders. That's next right here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. PJ Washington will join us live at 9 o'clock this morning here on Sean and RJ. And yesterday on Reddit, this started to circulate, build up a little bit. Hey, hey. got a little surprise in my Mavs inbox when I look for season tickets next year. Nothing quite like Finding out your loyalty bonus or your loyalty reward or discount is no longer available when you're just trying to be a loyal fan. Mm. Mm. They uh, they'll do this, you know. You wanna you wanna re up season tickets. They they start the season ticket process, uh, you, know, be, you know, you know, early on. They want to get ahead of it, and uh, they send out the you know email that hey, season tickets on sale next year for next year's games. That ninety dollar ticket you have that's only supposed to be like ninety two dollars, maybe a little bit of an administration fee bump. Is now going to be 130. Too bad, so sad. Wow. So much for the loyalty bonus. You know who we need to we need to text Holland. Ask Holland yeah. like, hey, did your tickets go up and how much? Yes. I bet I bet they give him loyalty. Old, old baseball player, not not the everyman. Yeah, they're they're going to raise the upper deck season ticket prices, but the the courtside nine hundred dollars seat they probably keep the same. So it's weird. Yesterday on Twitter there were people. Quoting, it does not seem consistent at or all. Or Kobe, Tober Garage Door. Kobe's at every daggone game. Text me, Kobe, and tell me if they if they jacked you up. There were there. It's it does not seem consistent at all. You got people who are saying I have seats in the lower bowl. Mine went up thirty five percent. Then you had somebody else say mine are in the lower bowl. Mine went up ten percent. I'm over here. Like it doesn't seem like we're getting consistent numbers at all. Now it's possible, possible people trying to communicate the percentage their ticket prices went up. Don't know how to calculate the percentage maybe consistently. Maybe that's why there's a discrepancy. Wow, Bobby, way <laughs> I just to call saying, people dumb. I'm wow. just saying it. That may be why there's a discrepancy. I can't count on everybody's math. I would screw it up. But it is like basically what we were seeing on Twitter yesterday. 50% on this Reddit claim was the highest that I saw. But a lot of people on Twitter, it was between 10 and 40% were saying that their tickets had gone up without notification from the team. What are you hearing about gambling? Well, this is this is part of the kind of the... Why did this happen? Why did this happen? You need a little bit of math in your head on like, okay, put two and two together. So we've all heard that, you know, the Adelsons are, they, they were the you know owners of the Sands and they're big time in Vegas and, and maybe they moved here to, uh, because they knew gambling was going to happen. 
And I heard last week that from somebody who is very, very plugged in, would absolutely know this, that there's a movement that it's not even going to be on the ballot. That's not going to happen anytime soon, that that gambling will not be legalized in Texas, which is disappointing. Um, Wow. But also makes sense. I mean, you can't buy beer on Sundays here. Or liquor on Sundays, I should say. You can't buy liquor on Sundays. So you think that we're going to go from you can't have liquor on Sundays to all of a sudden yeah. casinos and Sundance Square? Yeah, I did think that because this family is taking over. Yeah. Well, and I thought, you don't make a move like this. And maybe it was public posturing and Cuban and them were trying to pressure. Pressure, yep. Um, Look at all the money that we'll be bringing in here. Yeah, I mean, who knows? But Or her connections. Absolutely. With the you know party that she supports, that she would be in the know or... Have some you intel? would think so. You would think so. And, and look, this could be wrong, uh, but the, the the thought is is that from the people I talked to is that they don't believe that this is going to happen. That it's not even going to be up for a vote. Like they're just going to keep it off the ballot. Wow. And that would be massively disappointing. This new arena the Mavs will be building will be ready by what, 2028? So they've got four years or so to get it done. Uh, hopefully it's done by then, but in the short term and the you know in the immediate future, nope. I mean, disappointing. Abbott has said, Governor Abbott has said, it's not oh, disappointing if you want to keep the riffraff out. That's <laughs> right. Governor Abbott has said over the last couple of years that like he sees casinos getting here, like like he he sees this becoming a reality here at some point. So I mean, you've got a lot of powerful money involved. You've got powerful sports interests involved. You've got the governor of the state saying this is probably going to happen. I just, I don't, I, I don't see, I don't know where the resistance is coming from then at this now, point. This was, this was in December. The Lieutenant governor said, Lieutenant governor Dan Patrick says, uh, the GOP senators don't support casinos in Texas. They just don't. Um, I, I don't like that. I hate that. I hate that they don't. Uh, I am a complete free will guy. Let me do whatever the hell I want to do. I'm, I'm, I'm of age. I'm 44 years old. I ain't got time for your partisan bickering. <laughs> I ain't got time for that, man. Give me my gambling. If I want to be able to, you know, walk down the streets of uh, on West 7th, uh, w- 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 smoking a bowl, let me do that. Well, this I, makes By the me, way, I don't smoke bowls. This makes me, uh, yeah, edibles. This makes me think of. <laughs> I <have> bad lungs. <laughs> this makes me think of Vegas, though. Um and walking around there, maybe they clean things up like Sam Fran supposedly did, not according to Charles Barkley, who I love for his Sam Fran take. Uh, I didn't notice or or feel uh, – you went to the casinos in and out way more than we did, Choppy. Mm-hmm. Did y'all feel like there was a, uh, a negative presence or riffraff or sketchiness that everyone talks about if casinos and gambling are going to come to your city? I didn't feel it. Let me ask you this. Are there drugs here already? Yes. Okay. Are there people gambling already in Texas? Yes. It's not going to change a thing. Now, is it easier? Mm. Is it easier to drive down the street? Now, I'm not saying you put a casino in. Um, That's like, I, I don't know if I would want, like, open container out here on the streets, like, in New Orleans. Right? People are drinking. They already do it. Now, you don't know that, but, you know, open to me, an open container could be this Yeti cup. Right, filled with the vodka drink, yeah, or whatever. Right, I mean, you can you can do that now. Nobody knows. I mean, yes, now it's not an open can of beer. Yeah, um, but I, I mean, didn't like, feel I didn't feel again. This was just a few days. 
but I didn't feel some like sketchy Vegas presence out there. No, I didn't. I mean, there is there is a sketchy uh, presence that you know. There's a stigma, I should say, around around gambling. I think that's passed on. I think that's that's old. That's old news. I don't think that's the case anymore. Like people gamble online all the time. Like, you, how do you think sports gambling is 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 all this money? Like, people do it on on their phones. BetMGM, uh, the BetQL app. You go on your phone and you know you look at the odds. And then you place bets in other states that have legalized gambling. You're not even necessarily going to a casino. Obviously, a switch, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Vegas didn't become Vegas just in one day. Like, Vegas has become what it is. So, obviously, a switch wouldn't get flipped here, and it would be immediately immediately like Vegas. But I think if you took what we had in Vegas, walking around the streets, if you were to drop that into North Texas... Yeah, I think that there's a lot of people around here who would view that as a culture shock that they don't want in terms of just people walking the streets with alcohol. Like you said, you don't necessarily know that you want that. Or the 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 ladies in the in the pasties walking up to you going, yeah. want a photo with me? Or like the the cards that Ruben found on the ground or whatever else. Like that sort of stuff. I think for this, yeah, North Texas is probably not ready for that. You can keep that out though. Like you, you yeah. know, you go to Windstar, you go to Choctaw, they don't have girls in pasties sitting around handing out cards. <laughs> no. it's, it's just a casino. It, it, there's no different than that in a mall. You know, if you want, you don't have to put it in. You don't have to put it on West Seventh. Yeah. You can put it on Grapevine Lake. You can put it on at the at, at the uh, oh, you said at, at, Irving. You put it in Irving. You, you can put it uh, Joe Pool Lake. You can put a, a casino right there. Like you don't have to put it right in the middle of the city where you walk I, to it. I totally understand that. I totally agree with that convincing someone that that's not the slippery slope that it would lead to is what you're going to have to fight against. The people who are opposed to that, you're going to have to fight against that idea that this is a slippery slope yeah. that will lead to it being right. that. This is back, again, this is back in December, so only a couple of months ago. The lieutenant governor says, my experience is that we are not close to having 15 or 16 votes for casinos. When the session was over, there was no cry from voters calling their senators or House members saying, I need this bill passed. Um, so that's where they are. And that was, again, that was two months ago. Um, it's, we'll see. Since, by the way, I just looked this up since 2020, uh, Miriam Adelson and, uh, is it Adelson or Adelson? I have not been able to. Adelson. Adelson. Miriam Adelson and Las Vegas Sands Corporation combined have donated $3 million to Greg Abbott. Yeah. And so they've been, including Miriam Adelson wrote a $1 million check to Abbott in 2022. Yeah. And so... I would imagine it, it. they're expecting, hey, there, there needs to be a return here. John, with the text, uh, they'll move the Mavs to Vegas. That goes to the conspiracy mm-hmm. theory that was on the text. And then what were the gambling numbers that came in for this past year that oh, you had? Yeah, this is this is just another example of. And Skip just sent this to me as well. By the way, congratulations, while I give you time to look that up, uh, to the Tolo who won the Dirks-Bentley ticket giveaway. Uh, that came from Caleb. Caleb Caster just won Dirk's Bentley tickets during the expressway. Cannot wait to go. Thank you guys. Thank you, Caleb, for turning on. Leave it on. You appreciate it. Okay, so here you go. This is the sports gambling news. This past year, eleven billion, eleven billion in revenue from the sports betting industry. Um, so they had a handle. Of a hundred, so they they a hundred nineteen billion was overall wagered, a wagered, uh, and then you know the eleven billion dollars was the winnings uh, of the casino and revenues of all the gaming uh, casinos, and New York won. They were they had the most at one point seven billion 
And then you had New Jersey and Illinois also over a billion. They all reached a billion uh, for the first time. But then you, this is on the heels of 23 billion bet on the Super Bowl alone. It's the mega number. And you, you don't want a pie? You don't want a piece of that pie? Okay. Hopefully you did not bet on the number one team in the country last night. And ladies and gentlemen, as S, a steal by Bellow. And this is it. It's a career achievement unlocked. A first ever win versus number one. A career achievement unlocked. The 600 Jays win for Greg McDermott. And the students bob the floor. Number 15, Creighton. Stuns. The number one team in the country, the UConn Huskies, 85-66. Now, we opened the show with talking about this at around 5.30. And then Bobby comes in late as usual at 6. Right on time. And um, pulls a clip from last week, apparently, that I missed while out that RJ Choppy just conveniently omitted when... In my defense, my Keurig's broke. Hadn't had coffee yet. (laughs) Okay. Apparently, RJ said this last week while talking college hoops. Our Mr. BetQL insider. It's my favorite time of the year. It's March Madness. Just cancel the damn thing this year, please. I don't want to see UConn go through another tournament where they don't don't win a game by less than 11 points the entire time. They are going to destroy everybody. (laughs) This team is a wagon right now. They are a wagon. And and the youth selection committee, I saw your little... Your little thing that you put out there this weekend. You had the guts not to have UConn number one? Are you paying attention? Are you paying attention at all? This is the best team. This may be the most dominant team we've seen in 30 years. This team is unstoppable right now. How can you sit here with a straight face across from me and not bring up what you Listen, just said a few to you are unstoppable? Weasel. How long have you known me? You, you think are, I remember that? You are such you a You think snake. I remember saying that at all? This was Monday. They <laughs> lost the next game. Yeah, they amazing. lost the next game. That was they fantastic. did. There's no doubt about that. Hey, so did Purdue. Purdue was number one in the in the in the committee. They lost that night to Ohio State. That's awesome. And now UConn goes down. This is this look, this Danny Hurley wants this. He gets to oh, he wants now. it. Okay. He gets to coach now. That's right. They will not lose. Mark my words, Bobby Belt. Right <laughs> I, now. Yep. I'm saying it right now. I've got 834 you. 8.34 on the 21st of mm-hmm. February. <laughs> they will not lose. They will not win a game by less than 10 points the rest of the way. They will be, they are going to win out double digits every game. Did this year's NFL hiring cycle expose an age discrimination issue within the league? Are you an ageist? That's next and below the belt. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The great Bobby Belt. You ruined the morning show. Don't make me take off my belt. Don't make me no, take no, off my belt. We're not. NFL owners are regretting the beast that they have created. Nobody to blame but themselves. More on that in just a second. First off, this is Below the Belt, brought to you by Johnson Fitness and Wellness Home Fitness Equipment Stores. Mike Florio. You guys heard of him? Yeah, I hear things. Writes for Pro Football Talk. Doesn't respond to Sean's text. <laughs> Won't come on early uh, at Radio Row. Doesn't want his wife put on Instagram Live? No, no, he does not. Uh, Florio had written an article at the end of last week about the NFL hiring cycle. And obviously, we were all expecting Bill Belichick was going to get some job. There'd be some opportunity for him. That didn't happen. I don't know if we have the same expectation for Pete Carroll. Uh, I mean, obviously, if he wanted to, there, there was a potential for an option. But I, I kind of viewed Pete Carroll as... Yeah, is he getting disrespected? A little bit. I mean, what's he doing? Is Pete Carroll Hall of Famer? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, Pete Which Carroll's is odd, a- right? Which is odd because you you generally need more than one title to be a Hall of Famer. Um. Yeah, mm. but I mean, it's so unique what he did. Like, like he he's. I mean, Jimmy a- barely got in. Yeah, that's true. But I think also he's got a longer track record of sustained success than Jimmy does. Like just yeah. in general. Now, Jimmy, well, you got to take USC out of it. You do, but I think you can look at the idea of, just like they did with Jimmy, the idea of, okay, but he showed that he could come from college and come up to this level and do it. And that's not normal. So don't include his USC stuff, but include his background of getting to the NFL and doing that when others have failed with the same yeah. resume. I could argue that Jimmy had a better college career than Carroll. Yeah. And a better NFL career, and he barely got in. Yeah, no, I, I think Carroll's in, though. Carroll sustained success for a long yeah. time, managed to be contenders, made several, you know, playoff runs, was kept them as contenders for a long time, had good runs in New England. Like, they were good teams in New England before he got fired. But, yeah, I think Pete Carroll's a Hall of Famer. But Florio had written about this, and, you know, he's always thinking from his lawyer brain. He's always got the... Uh, the Liberal the, or lawyer? Lawyer. Oh. The, the analytical lawyer brain. And he says, the NFL's chronic struggles with racial bias in the hiring of coaches and general managers has had in a strange sort of way an indirect benefit for the league. It has obscured the question of whether the league also has a bias against older coaches. Most legally protected characteristics are hardwired from race to gender to sexual orientation to disability. People are who they are. For one protected class, we'll all get there if we're lucky says federal law along with all that he goes into all the different laws that exist about ages but he says are bill belichick and pete carroll two of the best coaches in league history available out there were they getting such little attention one interview for bill belichick none for pete carroll because bill belichick 71 and pete carroll 72 does the league have an issue with age it's not an issue with age it's not an issue if they do have an issue with age let me say that If I don't want to hire a 70-year-old, fine. I do believe that's illegal. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. I I don't care. I'm just saying it. Like, it amazes me. Sometimes when I wake up, right, and then I'm sitting there watching, like, Mike McCarthy's press conference or, like, the day-to-day activities, I'm like, how am I barely getting through my day at the age of 42? But a 60-year-old, I'm not talking about Mike specifically, just 
I'm just talk, talking about him because we're close to Frisco. How does a, 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 an older football coach go from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. every single day and still have the energy level? I'm starting to forget things right now or have a slip of memory. So a 70-year-old, yeah. like I'm not supposed to sit there. Like these politicians that we have, they should not be this old, in my opinion. It's ridiculous. It's sad. Well, and here's it's the, a blooper reel. Here's the thing. On if, both sides. The oldest head coach in the NFL right now is Andy Reid. He's 65. If Andy Reid were on the market tomorrow, I think teams are going after him. Yes. Because yeah, they, they don't view – it's not the age thing. Yeah. I think they view Belichick and Carroll potentially as their ideas and concepts are old. Well, Pete Carroll's concepts are old, people – said and think even though you could argue he did a b-plus job in seattle over the past two years that this was you know not as impressive as super bowls but a damn good coaching job with geno smith absolutely he made us all look wrong and prove us wrong about geno smith yeah but he's thought of as kind of a coaching dinosaur and belichick is just an a-hole he's just a miserable p who wants control I don't think of him as outdated. I think of him as miserable. I think people view him as Andy Reid is loved I, as a teddy bear. So I'll, I'll and say a respected this. offensive genius. I, I don't think people view. By Bel- the way, one more thing. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Both those guys that we just talked about were both on the defensive side of the ball. Andy Reid, offensive. Offensive, side of the ball. And, and the league is skewed offensive. Um, although there's been some defensive coaches getting jobs. I mean, uh, McDonald got one this year. Quinn. Nico Ryan's Quinn. Uh, the Ryan's got one last year. Uh, yeah, he's Quinn this year. There's, so there's been some defensive coaches that have gotten head coaching jobs. Because I have uh, zero age concern about Pete Carroll, as everyone talks about nonstop. High energy, man. I mean, high he's, energy. He's Bill, I, I don't, like a forty year old. And I don't have a problem. I don't think Bill has. I don't have an age concern with Bill either. Me neither. Except that I think he's just a, he, he's just becoming that cantankerous old guy. Are you? Yeah. Are you adapting? I think that's the question. Yeah. You can be seventy, and NFL teams will still want you as long as you're still adapting. Look, we saw. Here, another sport I know, but like we saw here, the the success that Bruce Bochy had, like immediately turning things around, and, and people don't feel like, even though he's, you know, one of the older managers, I don't think people feel like Bruce Bochy's like got too many old ideas. That's the thing: are your ideas too old? Right. I think that's what right. teams are concerned with. And now, now again, that's a slippery slope, and, and you'll never be able to prove it. That's the one thing. That's why age discrimination in hiring is is a, is a big problem, because you could say I want young, fresh ideas, right, and. That doesn't sound like age discrimination, but it kind of also is. Yeah, when I hear young, that's yeah. age. So, like, an age discrimination is no different than, like, you know, not hiring because of age is no different than not hiring because of race or, or gender. Ooh. According to the law. Mm. According to the law, yeah. it is the same. But well, I, to me, it's an experience thing, right? Like, um, I'm not hiring someone on WFAN in New York who just got out of college to host the morning or the afternoon show. If you want to call that age Well, they're good. Like, what if well, they, they have what, to... Yeah, what they, if they just blow you away? If they blow me away, fine. Yeah. Like, oh my God, this is like the LeBron James of Sports Talk Radio. Yeah. Chances are that's not going to happen because you have to talk and you have to stutter and you have to mess up and you have to screw up and you have to learn. Those are the... That's 99%. Unless yeah. you're going to give me the... Bob Costas chosen one coming out of school, you're going to need more seasoning. Your voice is going to have to sound like... You're an actual adult. Some program directors want you to have a family life, want you to have kids. Others don't. Spittle. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, in all, in, in, in all these situations, man, I'm a believer experience most of the time benefits. Older, there, there's a couple different age So you facets. don't have the energy drive 
or the sharpness to continue delivering. Right. And, and there's, a, I, it made me want to go look. I was just looking at the updated list of, of coach ages and things like that. So I just mentioned Andy Reid's the oldest head coach in the NFL. How many head coaches in the NFL right now do you think are over the age of 60? How many head coaches are over yep. the age of All right, so. Um, Let me take a quick glance. It's not going to be a lot at all. Um, let me look at the standings real quick. Yeah, this is Peterson. Take too long. Uh, no, just throw out a number for me. Uh, uh, three, two. Okay, McCarthy and Reed. How? Uh, no, McCarthy's not over sixty. He's sixty. He is sixty. Over sixty. Sorry, we, we I just said I said a different language here. Yeah, apparently because I literally said over sixty. <laughs> uh, under forty. So chop that would be thirty nine and under. How <laughs> many coaches are under forty in the NFL right now? Head coaches. Uh, seven. Seven. It's almost a quarter of the league. And so they clearly are trending towards this young thing. 46 is the average age for an NFL head coach right now. So, yeah, if you're 71, 72, whether that's implicit bias or just unconscious bias, that's that's what well, you're well, looking it's at. A, it's also the trend. But that is interesting. You did McCarthy is 60. He is the third oldest head coach in the NFL right now. But, again, if we talk about ageism and the hiring cycle and things like that, the fifth oldest head coach in the NFL was just hired by the Los Angeles Chargers. They hired Harbaugh. Yeah. Harbaugh's, and, and he's tied for the third oldest. I mean, if you take their actual birthdays, but McCarthy was born November 10th, Bowles November 18th, and then Jim Harbaugh was December 23rd. So he's basically the same age. He's basically the third oldest head coach in the NFL right now. And the other one over 60, by the there, way. There's a reason why there's the age for Social Security. Okay. <laughs> There's a, what's what's that? Because we, we won't know what that is. Well, I think, we you know, some people tell me 60 and then others tell me 65. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's a reason yeah. that that's when I can start collecting without getting taxed on it. So, you can throw, you know, age discrimination, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I, to me, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Is I think Sean so. Payton the other one that's uh, over 60? No. The, oh, no. It's John Harbaugh. What? John, John Harbaugh is 61. Wow. God, that family don't crack, man. No. Like, no. Great. Well, Jim cracks. He's looking like his father. John don't crack. Well, and like, can we think of just to get, and I understand guys have left now, so it's reset it. But at 59 years old, Sean Payton is one of the oldest head coaches in the NFL right now. Didn't, wasn't he like one of the hottest interviews over the last couple of years? Like people wanted Sean Payton. Nobody was like, oh man, he's kind of getting up there. And no, people were like, oh, he can change things. He can fix Russell Wilson. Of course. He can do this or that. And so I I think it's, I I don't I want a Belichick. Yeah, you, you absolutely did. You were all over that. And look, if. If how's Mike Zimmer? Uh, sixty-seven. All right, we all wanted him. Yeah, I, and I again, that was that was the discussion we had about Zimmer. That's actually a great point. I Sean. did. Choppy wanted the young one. That was a great point, though, Sean. Yeah, you're the only ageist one here. Mark Chop. that. Uh, you <laughs> Zimmer was somebody who we had that discussion of. If you're concerned about being outdated, you're probably just looking at him being sixty-seven because when you look at his concepts, they are new, they are fresh, they are relevant to today's game. You can't just look at that now. NFL owners, you know how we always joke about, Chop, you specifically, I know, always laugh at the idea of Jerry complaining about a salary cap that he helped put into place. He's like, ah, my my hands are tied. I I got this salary cap. And then it's like he actually helped put the salary cap in place to begin with. Yeah, They're complaining once again about something that they created. ESPN had this note that NFL owners are just complaining nonstop to the league office about all these compensatory draft picks that the San Francisco 49ers are getting. So the 49ers, because of minority hires that they've made and the then, you know, getting those guys hired away, Sala, D'Amico Ryans, different guys like that, 
because of what the league put into place about initiatives for encouraging minority hires and things like that, they get compensatory picks for those. So the 49ers have looked at this, you know, adjusted to it, helped foster it, and they're reaping the benefits of it. Seth Wickersham says that the NFL is getting several owners now that are complaining about why do they get all these compensatory picks? Why don't we get access to these things? And the league's having to tell them, guys, this is the, the thing that you voted on and said that you wanted to put in place as part of the new mm-hmm. regulations, the new rules to kind of change things. But just, in, again, once more, it's like when everybody would complain about the way that Bill Belichick would get all the comp picks by letting people go and taking those in, and people go, well, that's not fair. Raven system. Same sort of thing. NFL owners complaining about something that they put into place. They didn't read the fine print, and now they're getting screwed by it. And what is the fine print of it that they're missing? Because the same that they just actually- they're, they're ignorant to the fact of, like, that you can get compensatory ticks if you picks if you do this hiring process. Yeah. If you hire minority coaches and foster that, and they get hired away, yeah. you will get comp picks for that. Yeah, and they, San Francisco, they get, yeah, they have to get hired to a promotion. Right? San Francisco's got something like twelve picks this year, and teams are mad. They're like, "That's one of the best teams in the NFL," and they're picking twelve times. And as mm-hmm. Michael Lombardi mm-hmm. said, best organizations, you're not just developing players; you have to develop coaches mm-hmm. as well. Newest Maverick, Frisco's very own PJ Washington, joins us live on Sean and RJ next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.